Good morning. Good morning. Hello, coffee moaners. Are you moaning? Have you had a moan this morning? And if you have had a moan, what have you had a moan about? I was trying to convince Kiki a minute ago to put her jacket on to go to school because it might rain. But she said, Dad, I've grown up. I've grown up. For those of you listening on podcast, I'm holding up an incredibly tiny little denim jacket. Oh, bless. Um, Good morning, everyone. How are we all? I do apologise. I've got lots of texts coming in. That's why we're on StreamYard. Uh, uh, um, all good. How are you all? <clears throat> how is how is everyone? Elaine Denning. I'm not too clued up on fantasy, but is it the elves that were half deaf? They'd need a loudspeaker, wouldn't they? Um, I don't think it's a goblin in the in the image. I think it's a troll. <laughs> yeah, it's a troll. Yeah. You know, like, um, I always think of trolls as like that, you know, that advert where someone's got mucus and the mucus is in their nose and in their chest <clears throat> and they try and cough it up and, and then it runs around and it splats everywhere. That's what they are. Uh, usually I watch these on my lunch hour, Rebecca Carty. Welcome, welcome. We have to be done bang crisp by 11.15 because I've got to jump on a call straight afterwards. Um, and uh, sort of admin, what admin have I got to tell you? So you will have this weekend, the last couple in Studland, uh, a review of at some point of uh, a little uh, of Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, Curly Cooks tomorrow morning, Coffee Morning Papers, a live no-name Sunday show. Um, and we're hopefully going to get Nanny Die in for the members live that we've had to keep delaying because we just literally couldn't find a time to do it. So that will hopefully be happening. Um, and then next week, Nadia's going to be looking after coffee moaning for most of it. Um, and then I'll see you next Friday. So that's what's happening in the next 72 hours on this fabulous, fabulous, fabulous channel of which you all make it what it is, guys. Lots and lots of cards have gone out. So um, hopefully, I mean, literally loads. Uh, so hopefully lots of you have had sort of membership cards and all that sort of stuff land. Um Back on air morning. I'm back on air morning. Yay, Susan Cooper, Faith Goodman. Good morning. And we will be doing the quiz of the week. Yeah, there was such a sort of outcry and clamoring for the ABC answers that I felt a little bit mean as I was toying with the idea of finding one by the, I don't know, the independent or something like that. But it was, I don't know. There's almost something quite entertaining about some questions, some weeks just getting nothing because we all get nothing together. You get what, you get what I mean. Um, hi, Carolel. I'm pleased you got your card. Uh, Ruth Blandford. Oh, what's happened, Ruth? Sending condolences across, just dipping in on the chat here. Can I scroll up and find what's happened, Ruth? What's happened? What's happened? What's out here? I uh, haven't been around lately. Oh, sweet. Oh, God. Lost my mum early this morning. Ruth. Oh, my God. I'm so, so sorry. Oh, sweetheart. Please, please deal. Do what you need to do, my darling. Oh, God. I was only saying to Nads today. You know, just hold those nearest and dearest close to you. So just just hold them. Myra, instant, sending you so much love too. Um, all of our prayers, all of our thoughts with you too. So much sadness, so much loss that people have experienced. It's just so sad. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, and then, it, you know, and then, you know, isn't it funny how the news can then become sort of, what do they call it in sort of literature, sort of pathetic, pal pathetic fallacy where the weather, the weather reflects the mood. Is that what it is? Um, yeah, the weather and the news flow. Oh, Ruth Blandford, she was 94, very ill. I lost my nan, she was 93, sweetie. 
I mean, you know, there's that, always that turn, isn't there, where you go, well, they were not. My line on dying in your 90s is the longer you've been around, the more there is of you to miss. You know, there's this weird sort of, I would almost call it social or societal efficiency around the attitude even or phrases of, oh, well, they had a long. It's like for me, when someone says they had a long life or they had a good innings, I often feel it's going to sound brutal. And I'm, this is aimed because, you know, we've lost so many people in our lives at different ages. When people say that, if I'm honest, I look at it and I listen to it and I sort of think to myself, that's you just not wanting to have to dig in and, and go to the place of, of sharing your, your sorrow or sorry, your, you know, how sorry you feel for someone. You know I mean, oh, well, they had a good innings. I don't I mean, other people say, so even if they say, no, I say, well, they had a good innings. It doesn't help. They've been around for longer. So I get it. 94. Doesn't matter. And also, you know, you've lost her this morning. And the other thing about death, passing away, grief is however pre-prepared you think you are for it, it's always sudden. The, the moment is always sudden, isn't it? There's always a moment. So, so Ruth, Moira, all of our love. All of our love. Um, which brings us back to the news. I mean, let's not forget, I'm going to swear. I'm going to swear. I'm going to try and take us. I'm going to try and turn a corner away from us all feeling sad. Sorry. Um, uh, 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 and say, hashtag fuck off Friday. It's hashtag fuck off Friday. Oh, oh look, it says it just. It's so weird. It's a mirror vision in here. Come again. Um, uh yeah, it's it's hashtag fuck off Friday. So we're getting towards Halloween, aren't we? Is anyone here excited about Halloween? I mean, I'm sure Nads, I'm sure we'll do Halloween next week, but is anyone anyone excited about Halloween? Oh, I like hazelnut coffee, but I must have put one in by accident and that took me by surprise. It was a little bit like being hijacked by a nut. Um Where's our jingle mark? Good question. Where is our jingle mark? Let me see if I can find it. Wait one second. Let me just go to Desktop. Where, where are we? Uh, where, do, where do I keep it? Uh, doghouse admin. There we go. Uh, jingles. There we go. Uh, here we go. Friday quiz. That's just the Friday quiz. I thought we did. I do a fuck off Friday. I think that was a. Oh, here we go. Hang on, hang on. Oh no, that's a Christmas fuck. Oh, here we go. Oh, do you know what? Sometimes the plasticity of a telly strap line or a jingle just makes you want to put on a Jeremy Corbyn cap. Oh, don't. Oh, Christ. Careful. If you were to wear a Jeremy Corbyn cap, someone will say you're a Jeremy Corbyn sympathizer and then they'll say you're anti-Israel. And it's just this is where we're at. This is where we're at. I'm not making light of it, but this is where we're at. Obviously, we're going to talk about a little brief update uh, about the Israel-Palestinian uh, crisis, just to kind of just keep us all across what's going on. We are waiting on um, we are waiting on twenty trucks. Okay, so I unfortunately I didn't upload the graphic to Streamyard, but let me see if I can uh, see if I can find it in my. I don't know if you can see this. So. Uh, that one with the two little oh hang on oh god uh see the two dots that's how much water's left in gaza before uh no, sorry now 
and in Gaza before the conflict and in Gaza now. So you can see that the guidelines from the WHO, which is the symbols on the left, I wish I put it up on a thingy. Uh, maybe I can, maybe I can, hang on, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do this live. We're all live. You don't mind, do you? You can hear a ping and a pong. Oh, there you go. There's a ping. What I'm then going to do is, uh, so yeah, so basically, let's see if I can talk and create a PDF at the same time. Um, so 20 trucks are waiting to cross the border from Egypt into um, into Gaza. And on those 20 trucks is obviously sort of uh, food, water, uh, and that's about it, really, and sort of aid packages. 20 trucks. We talked about it yesterday. Think about how many trucks, you know, how long it takes just 20 trucks to pass you on a motor. Is that going to solve a crisis? Is that is that really going to even make a... I don't... It's like, it's like the papers are talking about it, like this is some massive achievement, and it just isn't. It just really, really isn't. Um, sorry, just one second. Let me just find this. Oh, what, have I, what have I saved it as? Oh, classic. I've gone on. I thought I was being clever. Oh, it's just that. Okay, hang on. Uh, oh. oh, hang on. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, the papers are talking about it as if it's some kind of major achievement when, in matter of fact, it's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. Is it? I mean, it's just terrible. Uh, here we go. So this should be, I just want to show you the graphic. It's just a stark graphic about, um, this should just come up now. There you go. Um, so look, on the left of the guidelines, that's the minimum requirement each day for basic needs per person, uh, which is 100 litres. So before the conflict, Gaza had less than had less than the basic need. Now, what's interesting about this statistics, it's this statistic, is that, and these are figures supplied by the WHO. The figure, the, the image in the middle demonstrates one of the many, no sort of like pun intended, drops of water into the atmosphere within Gaza, which potentially will lead to radicalization extremism, and then unforgivable acts of terrorism, such as those that were enacted a, a, several, a couple of weeks ago now. But if you look at the middle thing, and if you think, oh, hang on a minute, the status quo, normal life in Gaza has less than the minimum requirement identified by the WHO. So, that, so that's a given. Now we're at one that, that tiny, tiny item at the end there, uh, WHO estimate amount of water available each day in Gaza is now three liters per person. Okay, um, and we've got okay. So let's think about that. Let's say we've had what? Say, let's let's underestimate. So 1.3 million were told to move south. Let's say only half have because I know a number of people have said no. I'm going back. This is ridiculous. Um, uh, so let's so let's halve the one and a half million movement of people to. Let's say, let's even go round down to 500,000. This is terrible, isn't it? We're dealing with numbers. 20 trucks. Are you having a laugh when they're that short of water? Uh, yeah, the US are offering 100, is it 100 billion or was it 10 billion? I think it might be 10 billion. Is it $10 billion worth of weaponry? 
The thing I always get really uncomfortable around any single global war or anything like that is that there is even the existence of an arms and weapons industry where someone somewhere is actually, you know, if you've got anyone anywhere on the planet that's business model is conflict uses our product, war uses our product, how can we ever be safe? It's a little, unfortunately, it's a little bit like the monetization of Big Pharma. As soon as you need, you know, what would Big Pharma be if you didn't have things that kill people? Is it a hundred? It is a hundred billion. A hundred billion, Edward Bevington. Wow. Okay. I mean, I'm not trying to draw any conclusions or connect too many dots, but if you make a pharmaceutical, the pharmaceutical industry driven by profit, then presumably they're going to be upset. I mean, look at, the, I think AstraZeneca had some bad results, didn't they, about their, their cancer drug. You know, it, it's baked into the business model of big pharma that people get ill, isn't it? Isn't it baked into the, isn't it baked into that? Um, <clears throat> so just one second, I've just got to turn that off just for a sec. Um, so yeah, so at the same time, at the same time, presumably, um, you know, weaponry, you know, when you see that huge, the huge amount of, no, there's no, there's no, um, there's no buffering. I'm just checking on the, oh, I have two screens here. That's how sophisticated we are. We're not buffering. Don't worry. It must be your end. Um, what about the hostages? Do you think, do you think they are still alive, Sandy? Who can know? Who can guess? Um I mean, who can believe Hamas when they say that the Israelis have bombed them? Because, of course, they're going to—they're trying to encourage Israel to stop bombing. And who, you know, how many are there? And it's, this is the awful situation. Don't forget, also, there are, it's all about perspective. There are a huge number of, you, this again is where terminology becomes really tricky. Um, you know, a lot of the hostages, talking to briefly to Teddy, you know, a big part of this is that uh, Hamas want to negotiate the, the release of Palestinians. So, you know, one person's hostage is another person's prisoner. One person's hostage is another, or, or criminal or terrorist is another person's prisoner of war. Do you know what I mean? Um, so, autumnal is good. Um, so, yeah, so anyway, so, so, so basically we've got, we've got this huge global Middle Eastern massive potential conflagration that's going to go absolutely huge. You know, the King of Jordan, Egypt, Rishi Sunak running around in a in probably too short, a, too tight a suit, thinking he's important. He's lost two by-elections. He's not important. He will be laughed out of the doors of everywhere out there. They'll have to sort of pay some kind of doff their cap because he's, he's Britain. But they'll be, they'll be like, who the hell are you? Come on. Whose leg are you pulling? Pull your own leg. Pull your trousers down. Um, you know, I mean, come on. And these headlines, Rishi rushes to Egypt. Oh, you know, are Egypt really going to be, oh, Rishi's here. Oh, Christ. Thank God you got here, Rishi. Now we can sort this bloody shit out. Sorry. Absolute, absolute nonsense. I mean, at the very least with Biden, as he fumbles around the world and bumbles around, his dog seeming to have more of a kind of conscious awareness of what's going on around it than him. You know, at least with Biden, you kind of can trust that he's got a bunch of people around him who know something, who are behind the behind the scenes pulling some levers, like, oh, telling their arms industry, you've got 100, million, 100 billion dollars worth of business coming to you. Do you get what I mean? It's so unpalatable, isn't it? The structure of everything. 
Someone's going to make a hundred. Someone's going to spend a hundred. Because it's not just like, it's not, we see it as like, oh, America offering this. Great. You know, support us. Okay. Yeah. Israel want to be held and supported. We understand that. But in another world, there's just lots of companies over here going, yeah, brilliant. Okay. Thanks ever so much. Tez, he isn't, he isn't perfect. He does try. He does he try? Does he try enough though, Tez? He called the Palestinian, he calls them the other team. It was like, we're not dealing with high school basketball here. I do sometimes think the language used, and what was baked into that, the other team, isn't just a sporting analogy. I found it really deeply offensive. It's, and I'm not saying this is all American, but it's an, an American president's quite sort of arrogant idea of what conflicts are in the rest of the world. I don't think if it was Mexico, for example, that had attacked uh, attacked America, that he'd be calling them the other team in quite a sort of throwaway, you know, manner. I'm not talking about the nature of the hospital bomb. I'm talking about just the language that's being used. It's so I do. I agree. I, th you know, Christ, of course, we much prefer a democratic, you know, um, president than than a Republican one, but. I genuinely, you know, Biden is a fig. I mean, look, what we have to understand, Biden is, Biden is a figurehead. They just point him in the direction. Plonk, he's a warm prop. That's what I call, he's a warm prop. You pop him, he's, he's warm, just, and he just props things up badly. He knocks things over. Steph Schultz sounds totally belittling. Yeah, Elaine Denning, you're right. I mean, the Labour victories in the by-elections mean it's even more of a nonsense that Rishi Sunak's padding around the Middle East. Bloody hell. Uh, I find it crazy that America has to be the number one to help out first. Where's it? I, I agree. I, I, it is. I, I, I can well imagine that to Americans, it's like, why are we the arbiters of global? Where is the European? Where is NATO? I mean, I know it doesn't fall within their purview, but where are the European nations? Where's the EU's voice? You're absolutely right, Tess. I mean, at least someone stepped in to take some. I mean, sending Rishi. It's a bit, I'm uh, sorry, it just, it's like, and then, you know, oh man, the news flow in this country sometimes, you look at it, Rishi Sunak dashes to the Middle East, says the Telegraph and so on. Oh fuck, he doesn't dash anywhere. He's not rescuing anything. He's going to be tolerated for five minutes and once he's out the door, everyone's going to be like, oh, what the hell was that all about? But equally, Starmer needs to get, I think, a much more balanced, complex, layered attitude to this crisis he needs to be in you know it, it, yeah anyway so um so un boss pleads for aid to be allowed into gaza as trucks wait so trucks are waiting at the egyptian border whilst um whilst uh whilst road people um road people road people so road what do you call them road works road works you know personnel are trying to fill potholes. I mean, is this really what we're, is this really the rescue? Is this really it? And then in a minute, there's going to be a huge news headline saying aid enters Gaza so that everyone in government in the West can sort of pat themselves on the back and go see. And there's 20 trucks are going to rumble over badly filled potholes, though, to be fair, they'll probably be better, better filled than any in Croydon. And once they've rumbled into Gaza, the gates will shut and it will feed or supply a small community. And then it'll be done. 
Omajan Zadran. America is donating because they are part of the problem. They're giving pennies compared to how much they will make in arms sales. Absolutely agree, Omajan Zadran. This is a money-making opportunity for America. Astonishing. And it's what's weird. You don't have to get all Russell Brand about it to, and all conspiracy theory about it. That's not, you know, to, to not be able to even see that or feel that or not want to or question it. And if you question it, you're somehow some lunatic. Oh, it's just ridiculous. Come on. Pull the other one. Pull the other one. Oh. Hello, Jessica. I love you too, Jessica Frost. Um. Hannah Liebschitz, MeTube, I believe that is what Starmer's label will give us. Boring but stable, which is what the world needs. Boring but stable, but fair as well. I think they mustn't be afraid to hold a torch or a fire to the feet of both sides of this conflict once we've got out of the heat of this. I think the simple thing that's needed right now without any other discussion is a ceasefire. End a, get a ceasefire in, get humanitarian aid in, monitor it as much as you need to monitor it to make sure that weaponry isn't going in to keep Israel happy, that understandably they don't want Hamas to re-arm you know, to, to, to re themselves. Whilst, meanwhile, Israel is being rearmed to the tune of, what, what was it again, 100 billion? Yeah. Sometimes when you look at what the obvious backstory is or the story beneath the headlines is and the extent to which so many people and it's not a criticism people people just don't the the extent to which people don't want to dig just one question beneath why what's behind that do you know what i mean so two two headlines here israel america offers support to israel of course sounds great sounds fine you know depending with all the caveats of the complications of actually we need to calm it all down and stop it and all that kind of stuff and we've had 75 years of persecution oppression and control and imprisonment let's not beat around the bush here i mean so many people in israel jewish israelis are saying the same thing of netanyahu you've created this problem matey flip you've hemmed in a population and wondered why they've bitten okay um, so, so okay, so America's offering money. Oh, arms, hang on, money-making. And then you look at the, oh, gay, aid is going. So Biden can, can come out of this going, way, we've got aid coming through. Aren't I brilliant, victorious? Way, and we're supporting Israel. But all that's happening here is ka-ching, lots of Wall Street companies, arms manufacturers making lots of money, and 20 trucks with a little bit of water are going to bobble over a couple of fucking potholes. It's an absolute outrage. The, in fact, that, that comparison of the imbalance in this conflict is stark. 20 trucks bumbling over badly filled potholes to see if they'll be used in the right way versus $100 billion of state-of-the-art weaponry. And then tell me that the David and Goliath analogy isn't entirely appropriate. You have to understand, and I've said it and I'll say it every single day, if you take a thousand Israeli Jewish people and a thousand uh, Palestinian Muslims in separate areas and put them in a camp, constrict them, remove their fundamental rights, remove their utilities, remove their hopes, their dreams, their ability to freely move, in both and on both sides, a small minority 
will become radicalized. And they will do things to the other lot that no one wants to be done. It's not about justifying it. And it's not about saying it's right. It's about explaining it and understanding it. And I don't understand how the British media is so chained to the idea of not looking at the narrative that has led to this. Of course, we talk about how awful this is for Israel. It is awful. It's awful for everyone. But we have to not get blinded by the intensity of a moment of awfulness versus years of awfulness. It's infuriating. It's infuriating. Anyway, let's 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 move on. Um, just on that note, though, is an Israeli newspaper, Haaretz. Is it Haaretz? I think it's called Haaretz. Is for example, and this is really, I really want this to be talked about a lot more. Is an Israeli newspaper that is highly critical of Netanyahu to the point of blaming him for creating, to help create the conditions in which the awful terrorist atrocity happened. I mean, that's interesting, isn't it? Why don't we, why don't we give air to some of that? Because then there isn't this idea of just them and us. People, I mean, I think even King Charles suggested it. Everyone has to kind of get off their sides, get to the middle and have terse, difficult, disagreeable conversations without blowing each other up. And the same, you know, same opinion, you know, contrary opinions are on both sides. You know, it's, it's oh, I'm just, just going to see if they've managed to open the actual, you know, because we'll, there'll be a huge headline at the very moment that they managed to open the, uh, the, the, um, the border crossing. It says 1047, threat of radicalization grows. Egyptian diggers, right, here we go. Egyptian diggers are trying to repair bomb-damaged Rafa crossing road into Gaza with the hope that 20 aid lorries still waiting to enter could possibly go in today. Let me just remind you, on the far left is what a person should have uh, daily. In the middle is what Gaza, a person in Gaza has usually as a, as a country that has its borders controlled. And on the far right is what each Gazan member of the population currently has access to. Um, interesting couple of couple of stories here about how the conflict has crept into the entertainment industry. In this side, obviously, there was the the the, uh, the actors writing the letter. I, if you know what, I think about that actor's letter where they didn't mention Hamas. I think that was really silly. I think that was really silly of them and stupid of them to not mention the Hamas attack. I don't understand why they wouldn't. You know, I supported pretty much everything they said, but at the same time, you can't pretend what's just happened hasn't happened. So I think that was a real oversight on whoever signed off on the many actors who signed that letter, genuinely. Uh, but there's a couple of stories here. Comic Omid Jalili, he's the Iranian, is he? Or is he Iraqi? I can't remember. Is he Iraqi? I think he's Iranian, isn't he? Uh, Iranian um, comic. Anyway, he's had to, they've had to close a few uh, gigs um, due to some of his content about the Israeli-Gaza uh, uh, conflict. Um, and also uh, Tracy Ann Oberman, who, oh, what's that gone? Tracy Ann Oberman, who I've worked with in the past, she's lovely. Uh, her, she's doing a touring performance of um, The Merchant of Venice, and she, she too has said that they've had to have security on their, you know, so it's bleeding into protest and, and extreme, you know. 
the other weird, fake, fraudulent narrative that's crept into all of this is the idea that you can get rid of Hamas. You, can, you might be able to get rid of Hamas by name. You might be able to burn every flag that Hamas has ever created or threaded, but you're not going to remove the sentiment behind it. Oh, Michu, you're not talking about Czechoslovakia's president meeting Putin, are you? Is that right? No, I don't know. Um, Catherine Cronin, why lorries? Why not airdrop, airdrop aid? Maybe that's stupid. Well, I'd have thought that Israel wants strong control of the air, you know, air, air control. But at the, at the end of the day, a Gazan weapon is a sling with a stone in it, often on the street. Obviously not Hamas. Um, they sure as hell don't have uh, fighter jets. So you're right. Why can't they just drop in aid? Why don't, why don't they drop in humanitarian aid without opening any borders? It's, a, it's not a stupid question. It's a brilliant question. Why are we waiting for potholes to be filled? Right, got 15 minutes, need to move. Um, very quickly, Kath Kidston, six-month ban for looking at her phone uh, whilst driving. Now, it's absolutely right. It's absolutely right that you should never, ever use your phone. Any distraction, dangerous driving, etc., etc. Gets a bit more tricky. I think she said she was in traffic and she said she was in traffic for something like an, an inordinate amount of time. Uh, she said, what was it? She said, uh, da, 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 da. she admitted to looking at her mobile phone whilst in a traffic jam by Hyde Park. I admit looking at the phone on the seat. She said, I'd been in a long stationary traffic jam and looked at my phone when the traffic started to move. Okay, whether she picked it up or not, I don't know. But is doing that dangerous? Because... Wouldn't you do that if you were looking at your side mirror? But wouldn't you also do that to turn a radio on? Do we need to kind of remove radios? Do you, should a driver not be able to have any interaction with a radio? Is that right? What do you think? Oh, God, the hazelnut and that isn't... It, what has a hazelnut on every bite? I wish that coffee didn't. Anyway, so Kath Kidston, she's been banned for six months. Um, be careful. Do not use your phones. It's tricky, isn't it? When a lot of people use, is it rays or yays or waves or whatever it's called? Um, you know, uh, road navigation sort of app or something like that. But, uh, but yeah, so, so be careful. Listening to radio while, while driving reduces concentration by 20%. I mean, yeah, if you've got music on really loud in the car, it's really distracting. But then by the same extension, having a toddler in the back of the car is probably one of the most distraction, distracting things I've ever had in a car. So what do we do? How do you control other people in the car? Are we getting to a point? I mean, are we in a bit of an existential moment where you can't be a human in a car? Because humans are naturally distracting. Do you know what I mean? Um, just a quickie. Hitting the snooze button on an alarm clock once in a while might actually support the brain's process of waking from deep sleep, according to a new study. How's about that then? So yeah, who hates the snooze button? I, I, Some people put the snooze on and go, but... I, I have to yank myself out. But what this is about is that actually sometimes yanking yourself from a deep sleep is really, really not dangerous, of course, but it's difficult, isn't it? People sometimes want to go right back to sleep even after the alarm goes off. So using the snooze button in clocks and cell phones is, is, is useful. But it, uh, decades of previous research suggested that hitting snooze has negative effects. But now there's a whole bunch of journalists who have published in the Journal of Sleep Research that actually snoozing um, can sometimes help the brain's cognitive abilities. So, yeah, it means that you have a gentler, emer you know, emergence into the world of consciousness.
So, uh, so bear that in mind. Bear that in mind when you next, next hit the snooze button. Early the youngest. Don't know where that came from. Um, quickly, oh, why is there a goblin in the title? This, this is actually a troll. Um, it's actually it's meant to be a troll. Uh, this is the story of, I forget the name of the guy, actually, and I've lost the actual story that, the, that this clip comes from. He's, I think he's a stand-up comic or he's a comedian, and he'd been, when I say trolled, he'd been trolled, not in a sort of horrible way, well, maybe any kind of, you know, harassment by this guy. He Anyway, look, he explains it for himself. So have a listen to this. It's, it's quite entertaining. Check this out. On stage in Birmingham, some guy yeah. shouted out chicken wire. I got off stage and I assumed that was the end of it. But no, every time I post on my Facebook fan page for the last 10 years, he comments and he writes chicken wire. But he made a mistake. He used his real name. I found him on LinkedIn. I know where he works now. So today I'm driving 150 miles to EE in Dudley to pay him a little visit. He's an assistant manager. Working there for 10 years, you should be more than an assistant manager, you Loser. What even is chicken wire? I guess it's the wire they put on chicken cages. I'm not a chicken. Why are you shouting chicken wire at me for the last 10 years? Let me just let me just just explain. So this is a person who's just sent the word chicken wire to him incessantly for years. Okay, if you're wondering if you might just come in now and you'd be oh, what was he talking about chicken wire? Chicken wire! Chicken wire! Chicken wire! I win! You lose! Chicken wire! Chicken wire! Chicken wire! This is years in the making! He's been trolling me for 10 years! And now I win! 10 years! He has been trolling me! Chicken wire! Chicken wire! I win! <laughs> you can feel his pent-up frustration, can't you? <laughs> oh, bless him. Chicken wire. Something as simple as chicken wire. In a weird way, though, you could even see the guy who's obviously obsessed with chicken wire. Uh, he thought it was funny. I wonder if he immediately texted him later and said chicken wire. Uh, and just quickly, um, Heidi Klum, is she well known for her Halloween parties? Check her out. She's done a little tease uh, for her new Halloween costume. What the hell is that? What a costume. So I'm sure we'll be seeing more photos of that in the press forthcoming. That's her teasing her. Apparently, she's notorious, is she, for her Halloween outfits? Oof. A tip. Okay. Okay, which brings us to, in, with eight minutes to go, got, I've got to go tight. Um, it's the Friday quiz. Get your pens and papers out. If you don't do this, head off. If you're listening in a car, for God's sake, don't look at your phone. Do, for God's sake, don't find a pen and paper whilst driving. Um, yeah, absolutely not. Um, I think it's meant to be a worm, yeah, me too. Um, so we're going to run through the Friday quiz, and we're going to see if you're a winner or a loser. Um, what do you think you're going to be, guys? Come on, who's feeling confident? Who's feeling good? Are you going to be a winner or are you going to be a loser? Let's find out and let's see. Let's just get it all up. Quiz! Bonkers, eh, Creatorholic? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let me just get rid of some of these. Yeah, remove that. And yeah, you've seen that video. I like showing you little videos. It's nice. It's like, gives us this sort of, sort of provides the myth of us being almost in a sort of gallery, which is rather nice. Okay. Loser, says Creatorholic. Never confidence, says Catherine Cronin. Winner, chicken dinner, Janine Amory. Okay, pushing on. Question one. Madonna opened her long-awaited celebration tour in London with a set of more than 40 hits, including anthems such as Ray of Light, Like a Prayer, and Holiday. But which of her early classics did she not perform? Angel, Borderline, or Crazy for You? Which of those did Madonna not perform? Was it A, Angel, 
B, borderline, or C, crazy for you. I'm pleased to see her back up and out and doing her shit. She's been going at it some years, hasn't she? Um, chicken wire. <laughs> very good. Who did that? That was very funny. Good timing. It's all Comedy is all about timing. Chicken wire, Tom Knowles. Thanks. Uh, borderline. It's B. Borderline, I'm afraid. Very few of you are saying B there. So I think the vast majority of you are going into the weekend already a loser. Um, question two. Coin designs to mark the king's new reign were unveiled by the Royal Mint. Each coin celebrates his love of the natural world with a picture on it. Bees are on the one pound coin, but what creature is on the new 20 pence piece? Is it A, a capacali, B, a hazel dormouse, or C, a puffin? Which animal is on the new 20 pence piece from the Royal Mint uh, to mark the king's new reign? Is it a capacali, A, B, a hazel dormouse, or C, a puffin? Ooh, nobody knows it, nobody knows. Um, oh, very few of you are saying the correct answer. Oh, no, lots of you are saying the correct answer. Linda Tyler, April Hill, uh, Sandra Beveridge, Beveridge, Tracy Golden. You're right, it's a puffin. I love puffins. Question three. Australia's, Australia overwhelmingly rejected a plan to give greater political rights to Indigenous people in a referendum. All six states voted against a proposal to amend the Constitution. When did Australian voters last back a change to the country's body of law in a referendum? So when was their last a major referendum in Australia? Was it A, 1977, B, 1999, or C, 2017? When was the last major referendum to back a change uh, to the country's body of law? Was it back in A, 1977, B, 1999, or C, 2017? Vicky Equi, get to the back of the queue, or go to go out. Go and stand in the corridor. You can, you, you can, you can yeah, I'm going to send a sports teacher to deal with you. And she's not nice. She makes you do lots of burpees. Lots of you saying 1999. Oh, Helen Fatherly, Steph Schultz, and Russ Souch. You're right, 1977. Question four. A woman who spent 20 years saving for her dream wedding threw herself her own big day after failing to meet the right partner. Don't be a partner, just get married anyway. Sarah Wilkinson wrote 14 vows for herself, but what was the first? What was her first vow to herself? A, to always have a lie-in on a Sunday. B, to never go to bed angry. Or C, to not give up control of the TV remote. All of those really, really key and important to a long, long marriage with yourself. Uh, so, woman who spent 20 years saving for her dream wedding threw herself her own big day after failing to meet a partner. Sarah Wilkinson wrote 14 vows, but what was her first vow? A, to always have a lie-in on a Sunday. B, to never go to bed angry. Or C, to not give up control of the TV remote. I can see you're split all over the place, but I think and I sense that the majority of you are going for the TV remote, which would be correct. It's the TV remote. Question five. Sport, but not technical with the names of sports people that we don't know. Cricket and squash were among five sports to be added to the 2028 Los Angeles Summer Olympics, um, the Olympic Committee confirmed. But which of these will not be included? So which of these sports is not going to be in the 2028 Los Angeles Summer Olympics? A, flag football, B, karate, or C, lacrosse? Lacrosse always fascinated me, didn't it? You running around with a sort of triangular net on your shoulder. I don't know, there's something so sort of medieval about it. 
And there's a real just difference between lacrosse girls and well, and boys. And uh, but when I was at school, it was mainly women who I saw playing lacrosse uh, and and hockey players. So which of those isn't going to be in the LA Olympics? Uh, a flag football. What is that? B karate or C lacrosse? Huge numbers of you saying lacrosse. No, it's karate. How weird is that? Karate. Sorry, I can't can't get any higher on that. Question six. A train full of European politicians were treated to a surprise trip to Disneyland Paris after a signals failure. But where were they supposed to be going? A, Brussels, B, Paris, or C, Strasbourg? A train full of European politicians mistakenly went to Disneyland Paris after a signals failure. Where were they supposed to go? That's quite a nice outcome, isn't it, to a signals failure? I'd have just got off and run around Disneyland. A, Brussels, B, Paris, or C, Strasbourg, Strasbourg, Strasbourg. Rio Chap says Brussels, Natasha Milton says Paris, Julie Hilton, Linda Tyler, Claire Hemming, or Anne Meechube, all saying Strasbourg, 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 it's Strasbourg, well done. Okay, as we enter the final lap, final question, two minutes to go, good timing there, look at that, counting down to the clock. Are you ready, final one, see how you're going to do? Question seven. A late medieval gold ring engraved with a French declaration of love, Monomer, sorry, was found, Monomer, sorry, was found by a metal detectorist in Essex. But what is the English translation? If it was married at first sight, it would be, will you rim me? And I'm only saying that because it's a married at first sight, okay? Uh, what was the English translation of the French engraving found on this medieval ring? Was it A, as you wish? B, I desire to serve you? Or C, I wish to obey. Was it A, as you wish? Was it B, I desire to serve you? Or was it C, I wish to obey? Janine Amory, you have zero. You now have an opportunity very quickly if you do it in the next 10 seconds to get one. A, B or C? Lane Denning says B. Karen, Karen Reynolds says B. Karen, that's quite a different way to say Karen, isn't it? Good Chip Lollipop says, I desire to serve you. Fifi Cromack. It's B, I desire to serve you. And I've desired to serve you this morning, guys, and serve you I hath. Hath thou no greater merit in this than forthwith to be gone like a hasty steed across the fields, the pastures of Durdendy? I don't know where Durdendy is. I just made that up. Okay, guys, <laughs> loads of stuff is going to be landing, coming at you like madness. Film reviews, travel vlogs, curly cook, lots of curly pubes, all sorts of stuff. Um, you name it, it's going to be coming at you all over the place. And of course, a live No Name Sunday show on Sunday. Um, and as I say, when Nanny Die arrives, a members live at some point too. So lots to look forward to. Hannah Liebschutz got six out of seven, which in our book, given how challenging sometimes these, these quizzes are, you're going into the wing, weekend a winner. 